It's Good Friday. What's so good about it? Really? What, what's so good about Friday? On Good Friday, we remember that on this day, some 2,000 years ago, our Lord Jesus was um, unjustly arrested. He was betrayed. He was run through a, a sham trial. He was beaten and disfigured. He, he died a brutal death. Uh, he was crucified, nailed to the cross, nails piercing his hands, piercing his feet. And to be sure that Jesus was dead, after his death, a, a Roman soldier took a spear and ran it up underneath his ribs, puncturing his heart, causing blood to flow from his body. Jesus died. He died. So what's good about that? What's good about that? And what's the big deal, right? What's the big deal about Jesus' death? Lots of people die. Last time I checked, none of us get out of this world alive, do we? Right? None of us get out of here alive. We, we started with that back on Ash Wednesday as we began this season of Lent, thinking about the, the, the reality of our mortality because of our sin. Every single one of us die. So what's so special, what's so good about Jesus' death? What makes it so special? Is it that he died on a cross? Well, not really. Right? If you know your history, the Romans crucified many, many, many people. Right? It was, this was not a unique death in, in the, the way of the death. Right? Lots of people were crucified. Jesus suffered a brutal death, but it's not the physical pain that makes his death so special, so meaningful. So what about it stands out? What makes his death so meaningful that Again, 2,000 years later, we, we come together on a night like this uh, on Good Friday to remember, to think about what he did and how he died. What's so good about Good Friday? Well, it's not the way that he died. It's, it's why he died. It's why. It's not how. It's why. Here's what the prophet Isaiah said about Jesus' death in, in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 6. This is what the prophet Isaiah said hundreds of years before it happened, by the way. Isaiah 53, verse 3. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's the word of the Lord. Jesus died for us. Right? He died for you. He died for me. He died for our sins. This is what makes his death so meaningful. This is what makes Good Friday so good. All of us have gone astray, right? All of us have, have turned our own way. We all, in our own ways, we reject God. We, we turn from him. We pursue our own way. We seek to be our God in our own mind and in our own heart and in our own life. And, and we go about our business, right? We reject God, we resist God, we turn from Him, and we sever our connection to Him. Separated from Him, sentenced to death. That's the spiritual reality for every human being born into this world. 
spiritually dead in our sins, separated from God. But the two most beautiful words of the scripture, they keep repeating to us throughout the New Testament, right? But God, right? But God, Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God, but God didn't just leave it that way. But God, in his great love, decided to pursue us even when we were at our worst, even when we were enemies of God, running from him, resisting him, rejecting him, crucifying him, hating him. God, in his great love, ran after us in the person of Jesus Christ and the Son of God. And he loved us enough to die for us, to die the death that we deserve for our sins. This is what's so good about Friday. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, stepped out of heaven, left all the comforts of his heavenly throne, and made himself nothing, becoming a man, being born in human likeness. He lived the life we never could, a perfect, sinless life. In all the ways that we fail to obey, Jesus perfectly obeyed in every way for us. And then he willingly went to the cross, and he died the death that we deserve for our sins. He willingly went there. Right? This is the beauty of the cross. Jesus didn't go there kicking and, and screaming. Right? He wasn't resisting like, oh, please don't make me go. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Right? There's the moment in the garden, but he goes willingly. You hear what he said. Can I not at any moment command my father to send 12 legions, 12,000 legions of, of angels to come to my aid? He goes to the cross willingly. We need to remember that it wasn't the nails that held Jesus on the cross. It was his love. It was his love for you. His love for me. To die for our sins. Jesus lived a perfect life, but he willingly laid it down for you and me to rescue us. To reconcile us to him. To be made one with God again through faith in him. He died the death that you and I deserve. And he actually became our sin. Right, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus willingly goes to the cross, and beyond the physical pain, there's the cosmic suffering. He takes the full cup of God's wrath, meant for you and I in our sin, and he absorbs it all. There's none left. He takes it all, and he turns it to grace for us. He turns it to favor. He turns it to acceptance, approval as we turn and trust in him. He took our sin and he gives to us his perfect righteousness. See, I want to make sure that like on Good Friday, like I know sometimes the trend is like we're, we're really somber, really sad. And, and there's, there's room for that, for sure. There's a, a room for the full range of emotions in, in the Christian life, no doubt. But let's not be sad for Jesus on Good Friday, right? Let's not be sad about Jesus. Let's not be sorry for him. Let's be sorry about our sin. Let's be sorry about our sin because that's the message. Jesus went there willingly. He went there out of love. He wants to reconcile you to him. And how, do you, how are you made righteous? How are you made righteous? How do you receive that, that gift of grace? By repenting of your sin. By trusting in Christ. By turning from your sin and turning to Jesus in faith. And then all that's true of him becomes true of you. All that's needed, right? 
there's not fitness required in that song, right? And fitness, it doesn't mean like going to the gym and, and getting buff. It means like your works. There are no works required of you to receive grace, but to just feel your need of him. To just see that you need Jesus to be your savior. To turn from walking in your sin and to turn and trust Christ in faith. Right? To repent and believe. And then you receive that new identity. You receive forgiveness. You're made as clean as Jesus in the eyes of God. It's Good Friday, right? It's, it's good. For those who are in Christ, Good Friday is not just a, a celebration of the death of Jesus, but it, the more you think on it, it's a celebration of our own death. A celebration of our own death, being united with Christ in his death. Death to our old life, death to our way of sin, and being made alive again in him. Being made alive in Christ. It's a celebration That all of your lies, every time that you've lashed out in anger, every act of injustice in your life, every sin has been crucified with Christ. Every sin in your life has been nailed there with Him. It's a celebration that no accusation can be brought up before the throne of God about you when you are in Christ. That is good news. That's a good day, right? It can't be brought up before God without Jesus who sits at the Father's side saying, no, I paid for that. I paid for that in full. And because of me, because of my sacrifice, you are my adopted child. You are spotless. You are righteous. You are holy. You have been set free. The cross of Christ reminds us that all that that we deserved as enemies of God was poured out on Jesus, absorbed by him, My debt of sin, your debt of sin, was paid in full. It's paid in full. And there's life to be had in Christ. It's a celebration, right? We we should be joyful. We come celebrating our own death in the death of Christ. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. At the cross, your sin was killed with Jesus. At at the cross, Jesus accomplished your rescue. And he says, it is finished. It's finished. No need to clean yourself up first. No need to go do a bunch of good things and try to put your life in order. No need to, to pretend that your past hasn't happened. All the is needed is just to turn and just to trust and embrace Jesus, right? To embrace him. The truth so boldly proclaimed at the cross of Christ is this, that to live without Christ is the real death and that to die with Christ is the only life. May we rejoice today, right? If you're a Christian This is a good day. This is a day that we can rejoice and celebrate our death in Christ's death. That he has paid our debt in full. That he has made us one with God again. That we have peace with God. We have access to ongoing relationship with the creator of the universe. That we have a sure hope of future glory with Jesus. That we have life to the full here and now to join him in his work. It's a celebration. And if you're not in Christ, hear the good news. Jesus has paid it all. 
You need only turn from your sin and trust in him and rejoice with all of us, right? To celebrate your death in his death and your life in his life. As we continue in worship, we're going we're gonna to share in the Lord's Supper, right? The meal that Jesus gave us to, to remember and to celebrate his death, that paid for our sins. And so we remember his body that was broken. We remember his blood that was shed. And believers, as we take some time and continue here in worship, you're invited to come forward. We have a couple stations up front here. And so you you guys here on this side can kind of come down in two aisles here and peel around. You guys towards the back, there's a station in the back for you as well. But believers, you're invited to come and share in this meal. And the way we do this here at Redeemer is you, you break off a piece of the bread, you dip it in the cup. We offer both juice and wine to take as your conscience leads you. The wine is in the glasses marked by twine. Uh, but if you're not a believer, as believers are coming and sharing in this meal, right, this is a meal that's reserved for Christians. And, and I, would, I would just encourage you that you don't want to celebrate a symbol without knowing the real thing first. And so as believers coming, this is an opportunity for you to respond to the gospel, to take Christ in faith. If you want to know more about trusting Christ, you want, to, you want to talk about that, I'll be here in the back in just a few moments. We'd love to visit with you, love to prepare you to share in the Lord's Supper for the first time. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time to gather and remember your love for us. That you sent your son to live and to die in our place. Not just to die a physical death, but to die the the cosmic death that we deserve. To suffer the full cup of your wrath that was meant for us in our sin. Your just wrath, your just response to our sin. Lord Jesus, you, you have loved us so well. Beyond words. We thank you that you have lived for us, that you died for us. That you have paid it all. I pray that you would move our hearts to be stirred, to just worship you. To live all out for you, to join you in your mission. I pray that you would move those in the room who don't know you to, to hear the good news. That you have lived, that you have died, that you have been raised. And that we can have life in you forgiveness and grace and mercy. I pray that you'd move all of us to continually repent and trust anew in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.